Let's do it. Morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? Every one of our lines wide open and ready to go. That's right. Right now is the perfect time to call. It is. You can get your questions answered in depth and we'll spend a little time with you and answer more than one question if you got it. <laughs> That's right. Well, what happens inevitably is that most folks wait towards the end of the show and when you get towards the end of the show of course you got a time limit correct either you don't get to completely answer the call or you don't get to the call so don't let that happen to you go ahead and call right now that's right and should you maybe think of something after the show goes off the air or that's you right. don't get your questions answered today you can always go to the website and get your questions answered there the address is www.agcoauto.com that's a-g-c-o-a-u-t-o.com there's a contact bar on every page you can send lewis an email any time of the day or night and get it back within 24 hours using the form on the site. If shouldn't you happen not to get an answer back, then check your return address and, and resend it because we don't ignore emails. Yes, right. If you haven't gotten an answer back from me within 24 hours, something's wrong. So go ahead and just resend it or check and see. I know I had one a little bit earlier this week from a customer and when I hit the button, it came back, person not known at this address. Uh huh. So I just can't sit there and try to figure out what it's supposed to say. So he just didn't get an answer, and if he's listening, he may know why he didn't get his answer. There you go. <laughs> but check and see, because only thing I can do is hit the button and reply, and if it doesn't go back, if you didn't type in the right return address, it's not going to get to you. Correct. Another thing is you do have to use a fresh form each and every time that you contact us, because we've got a feature on the site that when it takes an email off the site, it assigns a code to it, and that code routes it directly to me. We're getting so much spam that what happens i just didn't have time to sit and read it all i was getting like a thousand pieces of spam a day so i couldn't get to the actual customers who were trying to reach me so if it doesn't come from that website it just discards it or bounces it back to you and won't ever see it so if you try to reply to an old address or reply back to something you'll just get a no reply error message back. right there's also several other databases you can search on the site depending on how much information you want that's right what kind of information you're looking for if you go to the main menu on the front page has changed up just a little bit. I've tried to make it a little bit easier for folks to find what they want. But if you look under repair information, it's going to bring up three databases. The first is vehicle questions, which, of course, is a short, to-the-point answer. You can look through there. You can actually search just that one database if you care to. It's got its own search function. So that's going to be a to-the-point answer. Like, for instance, how does ABS work? It'll give you a brief explanation of how ABS works uh-huh. or what does 5W30 mean. It'll give you a brief explanation of that. Now, if you want a lot more information, if you hit detailed topics, detailed topics are an article, an entire article on one basic topic. For instance, I put one in there this morning, and this will actually be a two-part detailed topic just because there's so much information. I couldn't cram it all into one, and I didn't want to make it 5,000 words long. Right. If you go in and click on that, what you're going to do, this particular one I'm talking about we put on this morning is on engine overheat. When is an engine overheated? and what actually happens when an engine overheats. That's a great article. It is, because so, so often folks come in and they say, well, what does overheated mean? Mine's running halfway. What does that mean? Well, you just got to read the article because it's, it's, it's a complex topic. A certain amount of heat in an engine is necessary. In other words, if it's too cold, it's just as bad as being too hot, or almost as bad as being too hot, I guess you'd say. But... It has to have a regulated temperature. Engines, because they're made of many different kinds of metal and dissimilar metals expand at different rates, 
you got all sorts of problems when you go outside of the design parameters. Now, most cars today are designed to operate at around 200 degrees. They have a 195-degree thermostat in them. They'll run between 200 and 220 degrees, depending on the situation. If you're sitting in traffic, idling with the air conditioner on on an extremely hot day, it may go as high as 220 degrees. That's considered fairly high normal to most cars. When they start getting up to 235, now they're getting into overheated range. And when they start going above 245, 250, 260, now you're doing damage to the car. Right. This article will show you not only what happens and examples of what has happened to vehicles, but also why it happens. It explains it even going down to a molecular standpoint of what happens when dissimilar metals are heated. So very, very good article. That will tell you almost everything you want to know about an engine overheating. That's great. And all that information is free. That's right. That's it doesn't right. cost you, you anything to get it. Well, all you have to do is pop on there and read it. It's there for you. And, of course, people say, well, why do you go to all this trouble? Well, because we feel the more a person knows about the car, the more likely they are to choose us because we feel like we're clearly the best choice. And it also gives you the option of knowing what you're talking about when you go have your work done somewhere else. That's right. And a lot of folks are going to choose someone else. Obviously, not everyone's going to come to us. But this will help you to pick out some of the shysters that are out there. And the more of those guys we can get out of this business, the better it is for everybody, me included. Correct. And earlier this week, uh, I was going through the Internet, and very often I'll type my own name in, Aco Automotive, and just kind of search and see what comes up. And there's a rating service name. I'm not going to use the name, but pretty well-known operation that rates businesses and stuff. I saw they had on there accredited business. Is this business accredited? So I click on it. I said, what's accredited? So you can't get an explanation. They don't tell you what accredited is. So I sent them an email. And, of course, they want all kinds of information, kind of feigning that this is a legitimate deal, I guess. So I fill out the little form, send it in to them, and one of the questions is, when's the best time you can be reached? So (laughs) you know you're getting a phone call here. Right. next morning, I get a phone call with this huckster on the phone. And, yeah, you know, we're here for business, and we're here to try to make things better, da 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 and he goes on and tells me all the benefits of being a credit. And I said, that's great. What does it take to be a credit? Well, $385 a year. Okay. So I'm going to send you $385 a year so that I can put this little sticker on my website. Now, what, what does that do? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to get paid. Too. I said, well, I understand that. But you need to do something of value. I can't see $385 worth of value. In a sticker. In a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, feel that by putting good, useful information out there, you're doing much, much more good for the public to try to warn them about the shysters that are out there, to inform them about the good shops that are out there. Because if you notice most of the information we have on the site, it's pretty generic. You know, we right. have an article on how to select a good shop. And it doesn't say come to us. It just says these are the things to look for. Right. And after 40 years of being in the business, I know a little bit of something about it. So it gives you some guidance as to what to look for when you're trying to select a shop. That's great information. And if you register on the site, mm-hmm. then you get a few more perks that no one else gets. Well, that's right, because Internet being what it is, there's certain things that you just can't let anybody and everybody into. For instance, if you allow people to post comments on your site, and next thing you know, you've got links to porn sites and everything else all over your site. So right. you have to make sure it's a real, live, living human being because there are spam bots out there that do nothing but go through the web looking for things they can post their links on. Well, and, that's something. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a whole cottage industry out there. You know? <laughs> so the only thing that registration does is says that you are a human being. You have to fill out. Basically, just your, your first and last name and your email address. And it's going to send an email back to you and says, did you wish to subscribe to this? Do you want to be registered on this site? Right. You push the button and say yes. Well, now it knows you're a real human being. 
because spam bots can't answer emails. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. Not yet. Yeah, so there you go. That's just the way we do that. And that's going to bring you to, like, our archives where you can go back and get a year's worth of the Automotive Hour online. Right. Uh, if you want to listen to Automotive Hour from a year ago, you can pop on there. And you can listen to our commercials online. You can leave comments. You can actually submit articles for inclusion on the site if you that's like. That's great. So it gives you a lot more capabilities, I guess, because you prove that you are a real live, breathing person. <laughs> right. And should you happen not to want to get it anymore, that's you right. just unsubscribe and that's we're right. gone. That's right. Just log out and you're gone. That's it. That's and it. We don't ever, ever, ever take that information and send you junk in the mail. We don't use email addresses. You know, All right. Well, that's, that's one of my pet peeves. It might as well. And <laughs> life is aggravating enough without anybody else adding to it. And it, the last true. thing in the world you want to do is aggravate somebody to try and do business <laughs> with. So, yeah, we never, ever, ever, we don't even retain any of that information it's in a database that the computer can get to i don't even have access to it right. i don't care to have access to it no need to no i'm not ever going to send you anything other than to reply to your email if you email me i'm going to email back and answer and that's the last time you hear from me until you right. send me something again. <laughs> <laughs> but pop on that site see what you think you can also register on there and take a little contest win a free agco t-shirt just tons and tons of information it's www.agco auto.com that's a-g-c-o a-u-t-o of course that stands for altazan's garage company pop on there see what you think i think you'll really like it i think you will there you go <laughs> and of course if you don't have a computer you can just give us a call and that'll do pretty much the same thing on a saturday morning right no, 10 to 11 <laughs> let's go to our phone lines we've got marco online good morning marco hey how you guys doing i'm doing great sir good morning Good. Listen, I have a O2 Chevy Trailblazer. It's right. probably got about 143,000 miles on it. Uh-huh. Right now, I know that one strut's bad, so you do change both struts. Yes, sir, that's correct. Okay. Are you recommending GM Delco struts? Well, Marco, GM uses a couple of different kinds of struts. The Delco product, in my opinion, is not that great. They also use some Bilstein struts, which are very, very good. And I think they use – is there another brand they use occasionally? Um not real for me. I know sometimes they use the Bilstein, which is a yeah. very high-quality, excellent product, but they are very pricey as well. I tell you, Marco, it's almost getting hard to get a good strut. There's so many junk makers who have entered the market, and a couple of the companies that used to be really good have been bought out by other people who are really turning out a junk product now. If you can't get the GM or if it's got the GM Delco part on there, I would probably recommend you try to find a KYB. Kilo, 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 Kilo Yankee Baker, there you go. You. <laughs> KYB is an excellent product. They're made in Japan, and they actually are OEMs on a lot of the Japanese cars. But that's a real good product. That's the one we use when we can't get an OEM or if the OEM is kind of a so-so product. Well, this is this is going to be the third set. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of like, well, I mean, O2, that's what, um, eight years or nine years old. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's God, dog, I didn't know that, you know, I'd be changing struts so often. Yeah, that is, that's kind of ridiculous. Most of the time, Marco, those struts go at least 140,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Now, i got to say, yeah. the, the GM Delco product, I have not been that impressed with. I don't know who makes them for Delco. Delco well, obviously doesn't make them himself. That's what's on there now. Yeah. Went back to the shop to get them, and the same thing, same thing, same thing. Yeah. Now I'm going to something else. Yeah, try to find some KYBs. Okay. That's a good brand. I've had good, good results with those. but And I can't use names on the air, but there's a right. there's a. Shock manufacturer has been around forever. The name is synonymous with shock absorbers. And I used them for a million years, and now they, they're just absolute trash. I mean, you might take them out of the box and maybe leaking. Yeah. Okay. And, and let me ask you something else. When I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it to you here eventually in the next two, three weeks. Yes, sir. 
I'm going to probably want you to look at, you know, to, to save some money here. I believe in changing everything on the way to something else if it's, if it's old. The um, the struts on this thing. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I guess at that point you're going to be right on them, huh? Yeah, the, the struts, Marco, you, one thing you want to look at when you change a strut, or a couple things you want to look at, there's what they call a strut mount, which uh-huh. is the rubber mount on top of the strut. Uh-huh. Those actually give more trouble than struts themselves do. And for some uh-huh. reason, most do-it-yourselfers don't ever catch on to that. And I've seen a lot of times they'll keep changing the strut. They keep got a knock, having a knocking noise in the front end, and it's actually a strut mount is a problem. Yeah. A second thing is there's a bumper, a jounce bumper, that goes over the shaft of that strut that will uh-huh. absolutely deteriorate and fall off and, and just go away. And if you don't know it was there, you'll never know it was there. That has got to be on there. And the third okay. thing is a strut cover, which covers that shaft. And the importance of that cover is when you run through a big old mud puddle, water sloshes up there. If it gets on that shaft, as the shaft works in and out, it pushes dirt into that seal, which will eat the seal up on that strut and make it start leaking. Okay. So you got to make sure you got a good mount. you got to have the jounce bumper, and you got to have a cover on it, or else you'll, you'll keep buying struts. Okay. Now, you're right at the ball joints at this point, too. Is that right? They are in the vicinity. In but the vicinity. It's on the bottom usually, of the knuckle. Usually those trucks never have ball right, joint problems. Right. You're just not going to really change ball joints on that. At least it's, I haven't seen in 200,000 miles right. anybody have to change it. It's something that's easily checked. It doesn't take a few minutes to check right. it. So okay. I'm not real big on just changing parts to Me change either. them. Because, number one, the quality of the parts you're getting today are pretty low. And uh-huh. the part you're taking off may be better than the one you're putting on. Okay. I, I'm more on checking, diagnosing, finding the problem, and repairing that. Yeah. And one other thing on that vehicle, the bearings yes, sir. on the front of that vehicle on the uh-huh. front tires, mm-hmm. is that a sealed bearing? It is. It's a bolt-in, I believe. Yeah, bolted-in sealed hub bearing yeah. assembly. And, again, the only thing I've ever seen kill those bearings is three things. One is if you run through water with them, water will get past the seal. It will most fly to grease, and they'll fail. Two is if you strike a curb or something, it's not going to fail right then, but it's going to fail in the next six months because it nicks that bearing racing there, and eventually it's going to fail. And three is cheap tires. If you're buying cheap tires, you won't keep wheel bearings in. It'll beat them to death. You won't keep struts on it either. Or struts either. The, the tire has more to do with it right. than anything else. But under normal circumstances, Marco, those bearings generally last. I've seen them go 300,000 miles with no problems. Well, you there's something you could check out, though. You can. Oh, yeah. Very easily. Okay. Good deal. All, All right. right. Well, I'm going to get it over to you guys. Okay, Marco. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Terry online. Good morning, Terry. Hey, Lewis. This is your brother-in-law. <laughs> hey, Bill. Yeah, look, I got trouble with a truck with running last night. Uh-oh. Just going down the road. It's just like you cut the key off. Mm-hmm. And it turns over, but that's it. Yeah, fickle module. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either that or the lift pump. That's about the only two things that will kill a diesel like that. It didn't act like like it uh, started losing fuel or anything. Yeah, it didn't like you turned the key off. Yeah, sometimes it does, sometimes it don't. Now, okay. that six liter has had a lot of little knick-knack and problems with stuff like that. Overall, it's not a bad truck, but just got those little knick-knack and problems. Yep. Well, anyway, I'll see you in the morning. Okay, man. Well, you see me Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Monday morning. <laughs> All right, Terry. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Bye-bye. Hi, if you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Michael online. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Good morning. 2006 F-150, uh-huh. 116,000 miles. Okay. Got what I, your website helping diagnose as torque converter flutter. Shutter, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. 45 miles an hour. Very, in. very common. Uh, Michael, could you hold sure. on? i got to take a break right now, but you'll be first up after the break. Thanks. Hey, we're going to take a quick little break, but we'll be right back with more on the automotive hour. 
travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. So lie back on the couch, Ms. Bo Peep, and tell me what's got you stressed. Ugh, my sheep keep getting lost. I mean, they're in the meadow one minute, and I look down at a text, and then I don't know where to find them. And they keep doing it. Let me level with you, Doc. Sheep are not the smartest animals. <laughs> but you, Denise, you're the exception. Look, Doc, you ever try to have a conversation with a sheep? It's a little one-sided. They just look at you with this blank look on their faces. That and the whole getting lost thing has me at my wit's end. I can't really help you with losing sheep, but I can tell you how to get a little peace of mind. Do like me and take your car into Agco Automotive once a year for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what you need to keep your car running right, and it saves money in the long run. Ooh, with the money I save, I can buy some shock collars to keep those little halfwits in one place. <laughs> Denise, you know I wouldn't do that to you. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco. It's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. You just joined us. It's the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between drills, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Just go ahead and give us a call. And we were talking to Michael just before the break. Michael, you say you got torque converter shutter on your truck? Yes, sir. And I serviced it using the Ford filter and, and fluid. Mm-hmm. It only took about five quarts of that fluid. That is correct. And it got marginally better. Yes, sir. Tell you what you didn't do. Weeks, yeah, I'll tell you what you, what you missed there. Michael, what, what you missed is that when you service it, when you got the pan off, you see all those bolts that hold that valve body on? Yes. You have to retorque all those valve body bolts. Okay. Because what happens is that over time, that gasket shrinks up, and when it shrinks, it starts producing cross leaks. And that's what's causing your shutter. You go back, you retorque all those valve body bolts, and then change, you don't have to change the filter again, but change the fluid again, and you'll get probably the vast majority of it out. Now, if it's still got some in there, there are some things you can add. And I'm not real big on additives at all, but there are some things called friction modifier that's already in the fluid. You can put a little bit more of that in there. Don't get crazy with it because you can damage transmission. But a little bit of friction modifier can also help. Now, if it's still in there after that, then you enter an internal repair on the transmission. Sometimes the clutches in the torque converter just start delaminating, and that's not going to come out. It's going to require a repair. Okay. But because it did get marginally better, I've got a good shot at it fixing it, huh? If it hadn't been going on too long. Yeah. It just depends on how long it's been going on. What causes that is that the transmission was not properly serviced over the years. No one's been going in tightening the valve body bolts like they're supposed to, servicing it, changing the filter, and then that's when it starts to occur. Well, when you go in to fix it, and you just it's, it's almost too little too late. A lot of times it will bring some at least temporary results. But mm-hmm. like I said, try torquing all those valve body bolts down. There's a specific sequence you have to torque them in and a specific amount they have to be torqued to. You have to go to service data to get that information. Any chance that's on your website or we could? If you send me an email, account. I could look it up for you. I'll do it. Thanks and, a lot. Uh, that, and like I say, cha- you don't have to change the filter again, but change the fluid again because you have to pour it out and see if that doesn't clear it up. All right. All Thanks right? a lot. Okay, man. Bye-bye. All right. All right. If you want to be part of the automotive, I would love to have you. And Bill's been patiently holding. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Lewis. How y'all doing? Doing, doing great, great, sir. Doing great, sir. I've got a 2003 Nissan Maxima. In fact, y'all had it in there before. Okay. And I've got, I have developed a little power steering fluid leak uh-huh. right where that line connects into that T behind the reservoir. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, most of the Nissan power steering leaks we see are hoses. They seem to have more trouble with their hoses than anything else. I, I got you. Is that any big deal or chance? Probably something y'all need to do. 
Bill, unless you're real, real handy and got a lift where you can get under the car to disconnect everything, it's kind of tough. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but it's probably pretty tough to do. I would have to see. I'd have to either look that one up because I'm not sure off the top of my head. But it's probably an hour, hour and a half's job. and Plus fluid. Plus fluid and a hose. Right. Some of those hoses are kind of pricey. They're up in a the couple yeah. hundred dollar range. But, I mean, you can't really mess with that too much because if that power steering fluid develops a leak where it sprays out and sprays on the exhaust manifold, it can actually burn the car up. Power steering fluid is very flammable. The other thing, is, and I guess why you've got it there, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, left low beam light went out. And okay. I, changed, I just changed that cheap bulb myself, yes, mm-hmm. and that didn't turn it back on. Hmm. And, it may have burnt uh, the socket up. The little no, sockets no. are kind of bad about getting burned. And what'll happen? You got to look real close to see it. But if the color, if the color of the plastic is is discolored at all, then it'll spread those little terminals. It won't make good contact. That's fairly common, also. And that's something y'all can fix. Yes, yeah, sir. We can replace sure. the socket for you if, if that's okay. the case. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Okay, man. I'll, I'll get it in there to you. That sounds great, man. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Right. You want to be part of the automotive hour? We'd love to have you. And we've got Ricky online. Good morning, Ricky. Hey, how are y'all this morning? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Okay, I've got an 08 Nissan Titan. Uh Uh-huh. That when I first got it, the the air conditioner bore was blowing in the bottom, and it just shut down. Okay. And the only way to get it to redo was you had to restart the car. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I took it to Nissan, and they fixed that. Okay. And now it's out of warranty, and now my problem is that no matter what you do with it, it runs all the time, full blast. Yes, sir. That's going to be, Ricky, either the blower transistor or the blower relay. And I'm not sure on that particular one. It probably has a transistor. Most of them have a solid-state relay. And it's actually the same problem. And to tell you the truth, what happened, see, the blower motor gets restricted over time. And there's also a part in there called a cabin air filter. I don't know if that's been replaced. But if the cabin air filter is not replaced... It gets restricted. It makes the blower motor pull too much amperage to draw the air through it, which burns out this transistor. Now, if it burns out a certain way, the blower quits working, Okay, which is what happened before. If right. it burns out a different way, it fuses that little silicon control rectifier and just runs all the time, even with the key off. But right. what you need to do, you have to probably change the resistor again, but if you don't go in and change that cabin filter and make sure that you've eliminated the original problem, it's going to keep on occurring. I don't believe that was changed. Yeah, probably what, what, wasn't. What, why does something like that run? I don't know. I just have to see it, man. It's not that much labor involved. I don't think the parts are all that expensive either. Not okay. a real bad deal. Well, I'm definitely going to send the wife to you because it's, it's getting cold now. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that sucker runs all the time. Wow. Yeah, probably just infuse that thing. And a lot of places are kind of bad about treating symptoms. And dealerships are notorious about doing that under warranty because they're not looking for any extra work because... Warranty doesn't pay them but half the going price. So they're not going to look right. for the cause. They're just going to fix the symptom, which was the burn-up transistor, without saying, okay, why did the transistor burn up? It gets you out of their warranty period. It gets you out of the warranty period, and then they ain't worried next, about it. <laughs> next time you come back, it's cash. That's right. All right. Thank you very much. Y'all okay, Ricky. Right, Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. If you want to be part of the automotive, I, we'd love to have you. And we've got Dale online. Good morning, Dale. Good morning. How y'all morning. doing? Doing great, sir. I've got a, a 92 BMW 325i. Mm-hmm. And from what I've read on the internet, my problem is, it, it, you know, the, the, when it idles, it's it's kind of, mm, mm, mm. and so I, I've decided, I figured out that it was an oxygen sensor. <laughs> no, no, no. Oxygen sensor can't control idle at all. Now the oxygen okay. sensor on that one is part of their maintenance program, and it is you're supposed to replace them at a hundred thousand miles according to BMW schedule. But that's not going to make you idle surge. No. Okay, I mean, but it it was doing. I mean. 
I was having real bad fumes and the exhaust and actually black every now and then. Yeah, so yeah. I figured that was that could be part of that with that carbon. Well, it's possible, but I mean, it could be all kinds of stuff. Why pick yeah. something that costs two hundred and fifty bucks? If you just want to change something, go change a valve cap. Yeah, that's only yeah. about twenty five cents. I ain't gonna fix it either, but I mean, at least it don't cost much. Okay, and that well, that brings me to my next question: mm-hmm. is it is it true that a lot of these aftermarket oxygen sensors are not what they're supposed to? Be? Oh yeah, I, I never use them. Get. People come in with them on their cars all the time. We're having to take them off, throw them away, and get the original part to fix whatever kind of problem they got. We've had people actually put those on and burn up PCM, burn up a computer because they had the wrong wiring on the oxygen sensor because it's a cheap junk aftermarket part. I wouldn't change the oxygen sensor, Dale. I would bring that to somebody, let them check, and tell you what the problem is. That is so much cheaper than you go and buy parts and throwing them at it not fixing anything and creating other problems (laughs) and still having to break it somewhere and get it fixed. Just take it to someone who knows what to do and let them check the car, and they can tell you what caused the surge at idle. Things that cause surge at idle are normally either going to be a vacuum leak or something like a dirty throttle body, possibly an injector to sticking open or something like that. Now, I'm not saying the oxygen sensor isn't bad, but you didn't mention yeah. if you're getting a check engine light or not. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, it came on after I changed the plugs and the wires. Well, I go back and check, make sure you got all the wires on correctly and all the plugs are good because that could be your whole problem. If you got a bad spark plug or spark plug wire cross, well, that I, cylinder's I, not firing. Yeah, I, I did buy the, the, the cheapest ones. Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> now, not only you waste that money, but now you got to go buy the right ones plus whatever else you didn't cause. Yeah, you see, if it... If you got a misfire, a charge of gas is going right through the exhaust, which is going to set an oxygen sensor code because the engine's too rich. It's too rich because the fuel's not burning. Okay, yeah, it will yeah. also knock out the catalytic converter, so you end up with a five thousand dollar repair to try to save a hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, Most people don't see it that way. Yeah. Keep working on you go total the car. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Yeah. I, I mean, I see this every single day of my life, and I tell people, and some people listen, some people don't. But you know, you go and you buy a cheap junk set of plugs, you put them in there. Well, it's missing because the plug is bad. That raw gas is going into the catalytic converter. It sets an oxygen sensor code, so they go change the oxygen sensor. Well, now they threw some more money away, got a sensor that's not as good as the original one. They burn up a $3,000 catalytic converter or $2,000 PCM, and how much money have you saved? Right, exactly. Well, I mean, and also, I guess I'm not too sure I'm the greatest uh, gap setter either. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you, man, a lot of that aftermarket stuff is bad right out of the box. I mean, we right. see that. Yeah. I sent some parts back the other day that were dealer parts. Yeah, we get we Send use nothing but OEM original equipment parts, and probably about ten to fifteen percent of what we get from the dealer is defective now. Wow! The yeah. OE, that aftermarket junk it may be fifty, sixty percent of what you take out the box don't even work out the box. Okay. I mean, parts have gotten so bad in the last few years. When GM and Chrysler went bankrupt, what they did is they quit paying a lot of their vendors. They put most of the decent parts manufacturers out of business. The ones that aren't won't sell to them anymore. So now they're scrambling all over the Far East trying to find people to make parts for them without checking their credentials or anything else. Just look at where those parts are made. Uh, yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> That'll give you an idea right there. All right. Yeah, but Thank I'd get I'd so get that much. somebody let them check it. Dale, it's gonna be way way cheaper to pay somebody to check it and and fix it right than to throw parts at it. Because man, you, yeah, you just keep getting deeper and deeper. I'm I'm a little concerned because the last time they tried to put it on a computer, it didn't register. They yeah, didn't, yeah. Well, yeah. You don't need a computer. You need somebody who knows what they're doing. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> I know where that is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Dale. All right, man. Thank you, man. All right. Bye. All right, we gotta take another quick little break. Roger, hold on. You'll be straight up after the break.
Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodwitch. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate. And if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues, uh, but for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. They'll check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! That little witch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Loud noise off the river to ride. Don't mind it cause the man with the whiskers has a lot behind it. Hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us calls? And we're going to the lines with Roger. Good morning, Roger. Hey, how are you doing? A couple of questions. I've got an old car that's got low miles, but it got hot, this little Mazda, and took the head off, and obviously the I could tell that the head gasket had been, been burnt. Yes, sir. I had the head checked, mm-hmm. and they said it was warped, and they, they couldn't mill it enough to straighten it out. Yes, sir. But they said they put a like a um, shim in it. I had never heard that before. That sounded a little suspect. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, cause so, especially if it's an overhead cam engine, you see what happens when a cylinder head warps, Roger, is that the camshaft also runs through that head. So now the yeah. cam journals are all warped. Right. So you end up burning the camshaft up and burning the whole engine up. Yeah. Now, you need to either find someone. There are people who can straighten a head. There's what they do is put it in a press under temperature, and they press it back into the original configuration. It takes several hours to do it, but it's still cheaper than a new head. But either do something like that or try to find a replacement head for it. But uh, I, you, you can't actually mill them because there's not enough metal there to start with, and you can't mill a warp out. So those things are warping 20,000 of an inch. You can't take 20,000 of an inch off of it. There, is there a place in town that does that? No, sir. You have to send that off somewhere. You might get on the Internet and just type that in yeah. and see. It takes some pretty sophisticated equipment to straighten a head, but I know they do do it. Well, I was surprised because, and I'm not going to say who it was, mm-hmm. but it was a, a well-known shop in town yes, that adjusted that. But yeah. I, you know. Well, so, a lot of times people are thinking of one perspective. We see that all the time with, say, motor yeah. oil, where they say, well, use a thicker oil, it's going to do this. No, it doesn't. Oil does all kinds of things. It doesn't right. just lubricate the engine. When you change one thing, you change everything. You may be able to put a shim under it and make the head gasket seal, but how about the camshaft that's running at a bow now? So maybe it's not thinking it through far enough. Another question uh-huh. if you have time. Sure. I've got a, a 07 Dodge Ram, mm-hmm. and it's got the it's got 130,000 miles on 135, okay. mm-hmm. and the the in check engine light comes on, goes on, it comes off. Yes, sir. And I had to check the thing, and they said check catalytic converter. Okay, yes, sir. It doesn't stay on. Well, all it won't. The time. It won't because it doesn't run the converter test every time. So it has to drive a certain distance to run that test, and it also has to see a cold start to run that test. So let's say you get in the car and you drive it five miles. Well, it doesn't go far enough, so it's not going to run the test. Then if you right. turn it off and come back and start, it doesn't have a cold start. So that day it isn't going to run that test, so the light's going to go off. Now, right. when you get in the car, start it up, and drive from here to New Orleans, it's going to come on because it had a cold start and enough right. miles to run the test. Should uh, I guess I should change it. 
Well, you're not going to be able to get an inspection sticker with it for one thing. Another thing is if the check engine light is on and you're ignoring it, suppose something else happens. You have no idea. So, right. so, well, I figured it was going to cause some restriction, which would. It could do that as well. Yeah, the, if it converter plugs up, it's going to end up overheating the engine. And mm-hmm. if another thing that happens, if the converter starts coming apart, it can actually bounce back up that pipe. Go If it happens to catch an exhaust valve open, go in the motor and take the motor out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's great Great information. I'll take care of that. Okay, Thanks man. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. All right. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. And we have got Garth on the line. Good morning, Garth. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Brief history of my problem, then I'll get to my question. Okay. I told you guys a few weeks ago about a 97 Nissan pickup I have. Uh-huh. Let's sit for a long time. And according to one of my neighbors, ethanol gas sat in there got bad because it, it would crank, run for a little while, then kill. Okay. Uh, change the fuel filter on the force before going after the fuel pump. Uh-huh. Uh, my mechanic from the office suggested that. Uh-huh. And it, there again, it ran for a little while. Yes, sir. And then killed. And I was telling them how, yeah, the gas that came out, that old fuel filter was kind of brown looking. Yeah. It was trash, but it was brown. So yes, sir. Mm-hmm. My next step is to take the bed off the truck. I'm going to drain that gas tank completely. And he suggests, while I'm in there, go ahead and change that fuel pump since you're going to be right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if it's had contaminated fuel going through it, it's, it's going to end up failing anyway, yeah. and you're right there. Now, Garth, what you want to do, too, if you're going to pull the bed off, be sure you get a flashlight and look down in that tank. If it's a metal tank, be sure there's no rust or anything in it. If it's a plastic tank, be sure you get every bit of that old gas out. Right, yeah, well, he suggested getting that uh, some of that uh, gas tank coating and actually draining it completely, getting the rust out. Yeah, I wouldn't put any kind of coating in it. That will not work. Oh, that stuff doesn't work. does okay. not work. No, sir. It's probably, what year model, 97, it's probably got a plastic tank, so it's not going to be rusted. Okay, well, good there. But one of the questions, uh, when I was pricing out fuel pumps and mm-hmm. The guy asked me, did I, did I have a low fuel light? And it well, made a so difference you, you, in like you fixed, bucks. You fixed to get in trouble right now. Why's that? Go back to the Nissan dealer and buy that pump. Okay, so there again, I guess, well, he might ask me the same question. Well, if, he's giving the VIN number. What you want to do is get the VIN number off your truck. Okay. And all he needs is the last eight digits. Walk right. in there, give him the last eight digits. Don't tell him what kind of truck you got. Uh-huh. Just say, I got this VIN number. Tell me what kind of truck is that. Right. And if he says 97 Nissan pickup, da 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 da. Okay, great. Now we got somebody who knows what they're doing. Now I need right. the fuel pump for it. You will get yeah, the exact replacement part, and it's going to be 100 times better than that aftermarket junk you're looking at. And yeah, I heard you talk about that from your previous caller. So yes, I'm getting around to that. So hey, yes, you, you answered that question. Absolutely. Thanks. I mean, it may cost you another another 100 bucks, but it's worth it. Well, hey. well, well worth it. Guys, thanks for your help. Okay, Garth. Bye. You want to be part of the automotive hour? We'd love to have you. And we've got Gary who's been patiently holding. Good morning, Gary. Oh, good morning. <laughs> Almost forgot I was on. <laughs> forgot you were holding. <laughs> I have a 93 Buick. It's a Regal. Okay. And it's got like 51,000 miles wow, on it. Wow, low mileage. My aunt had it, didn't mm-hmm. drive it much. And yes, sir. It was serviced. And now, since I've been driving it, it drives well. But when I get to around 48 or 50, it mm-hmm. kind of hesitates a little bit. So okay. I put it in the overdrive, and it does fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just speeds the engine up is what it does. Someone suggested that I put a fuel treatment in there in my gas. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that, Jared. You're just creating another problem. There's, the fuel we're getting today has ethanol in it, which is already a pretty powerful detergent. Oh, okay. All of that fuel treatment is more ethanol, so you're actually just overdosing the car. That's not ever going to fix anything. The, uh-huh. the problem that you got is more likely to be something like a mass airflow sensor that's dirty uh-huh. or something like that. Possibly some spark plug wires that are going bad because of the age of the car. Right. You know, those are made know. out of rubber, and it, it deteriorate over time. And what happens when you accelerate, you're putting more load on the engine. So that's when it starts misfiring. 
And when you drop it out of overdrive, you're speeding the engine up, so you're taking load off of the engine. Uh, so what you'd be actually much cheaper to do is to bring it to somebody qualified, have them check the car, and just tell you what it needs. Because what you can do, if you start throwing stuff at it, you can create other problems, and you're still going to have to pay somebody to end up fixing it. So just find a good qualified person to trust. Bring it to them, let them look at it. Most likely it's not going to be a big issue. But it I would, probably needs a tune-up. Well, at that low a mileage, probably not, because the spark plugs generally last about 100,000 miles, and they don't care too much about the time that's passed. But stuff like plug wires do, because what? plug wires are made out of rubber, and they will break down over time regardless of mileage. So you more likely need a set of plug wires or something like that. Can you see those when you open yes. the engine? Yes, right on top. What about the fuel filter? Would that need to be changed? Yes, ma'am, absolutely, because it sat up so much that fuel could be highly contaminated, which can plug up the fuel filter and burn up the fuel pump. So fuel filter is fairly cheap on that car, fairly easy to replace, and I would definitely recommend changing that. Now that you're driving the car, mm-hmm. I would probably change that about every 10,000 miles for a couple of times. Because okay. it's sat up so much, all that fuel and all that tank is going to be pretty contaminated. There's going to be a lot of contaminants in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fuel filter's like 15 bucks. takes about half hour or less to change it. Can so, you see it when you open the hood? No, it's no, up it's under underneath. the car. Okay. You, you're probably going to have to take that to someone who has a lift where they can raise it up. But it's not an expensive thing to fix. Okay. And I would change it a couple of times pretty frequently just to get all the contaminants out of the fuel. Okay. All righty. I appreciate it. All righty, ma'am. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take one more quick little break. Jim, hold on. You'll be straight up after this break. Lie back and tell me what's stressing you out, Mr. Hevoted supervillain, arch nemesis of good. I have electric superpowers, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like you're burnt out and stressed about your job. Yes, Doctor, the pressure is insane. My wife's always nagging me about my evil plans not being up to par, melting the polar ice caps, blocking out the sun, world domination. None of it's good enough for her. Uh, Some days... I just want a garden. Herr Voltage, I can't really advise you on your super evil plans, but I can offer this advice on gaining some peace of mind. Bring your car in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They check your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and they catch any problems early so you don't have major repairs down the road. Hmm, I know Agco could work on my Scion, but can they work on my G19 thermonuclear urban assault car copter? You'll have to call Agco about that. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, here with me. Between the two of us, we'll answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us calls? And we got Jim online. Good morning, Jim. How you doing? Doing great, Good. sir. Got an 05 GMC Sierra yes, SLE. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got about 54,000. Okay. Having trouble with the AC. It's got the automatic, that digital thermostat where you got yes, sir. Mm-hmm. control both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool on one side. On the passenger side, it's not blowing as cool. Yes, sir. A couple of things there, Jimmy. Now, when you say it's not blowing as cool, it's just it's warmer, but it's not hot air? Not hot air. It's kind of warmish. You know, when it's really hot, it'll blow just a tad bit of cool air, but not, not like the driver's side. Yeah, the most common thing on that, there's a part in there called a blend door actuator, and there's one on the right and there's one on the left, and they are notorious for going bad. What you could try is resetting the thing. To reset it, what you can do is just disconnect the battery, make sure you don't have any kind of 
all the lights or anything on, turn it off. When you reconnect the battery, turn it to on and don't touch anything. Give it about a minute and it'll go in and it'll resynchronize all those doors. Uh-huh. If that does not fix it, the second thing is you can bring it to the shop. We've got a scan tool. We can go in and force it to relearn. If that okay. does not do it, you have to replace that actuator. Okay. Now, anytime you disconnect the battery, right. check the radio. Make sure there's no codes. Security to, codes. Security codes to restart the radio because a lot of times when the radio goes dead, when it comes back, it's asking for a code. If you don't have it, you got to go through a world to get it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh Lord. Also, it's going to run funny. It's going it's to idle, 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 idle funny right. and shift funny. Right, until it relearns the way you drive it. Because it clears all so the memory. So be expecting that if you ever disconnect the battery. Right. I mean, the okay. easiest thing is bringing in somebody who has a proper GM scan tool. Uh, like Let we, them we, We've got a tech, too, and we can go in and we can actually command it to relearn without disconnecting the battery. But that it will relearn on its own when, when it loses power, when it comes back up. Now, if you touch it, like you hit any of the buttons while it's relearning, it's going to lose it all. So uh, just turn it to on and leave it alone. So let the automatically it, it will automatic fail. It will automatically go. And if you just turn turn it off, go ahead and disconnect the battery, reconnect the battery, turn it on, and just sit there and wait for about a minute. It's uh, going okay. to do its own thing. See, it, okay. whenever you disconnect the battery, it loses all the positions. So it has to relearn them, and it will do that on its own. Okay. And if you got a bad motor, it can't relearn. Then you have to we have to replace the motor for it. But the one on the right is actually a harder one to get to than the one on the left. But it's not too too bad. I want to say it's about an hour and a half, two hour job. You have to pull part of dash out to get to it. The one on the left right. is a little bit easier. Okay. All righty. Well, I'll give it a shot. Okay, Appreciate man. It. All right, sir. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. If you want to be part of the automotive, I we'd love to have you. And we got Robert on the line. Good morning, Robert. Yes. Yes, sir. Look, I got an S10 pickup. Okay. 2000 S10. Yes, sir. Uh, fuel pump went out. I bought a fuel pump online, just a pump, not the complete assembly. Yeah. And they sent an opaque or a ribbed fuel line to go from the pump. Robert, I tell you what, do yourself a great big old favor. Put that in the box, send it back, go over to Chevrolet dealer and buy you a real pump and put it on there. Okay, well, the problem, the only problem I have is trying to get that hose onto the pump itself. That ain't the only problem you got. You're going to have nothing but trouble with it. I'm telling you right now, man, 40 years working on cars, I've seen this 10 billion times. Yeah, I've been working on it for 45 Just years. Just send that years. junk back and go get you a real pump and put on it. You'll be, you'll be worlds ahead. you dollars ahead. Well, all right, then. Thank you, dude. Okay, man. Bye-bye. All right. If you want to be part of the automotive, right, we'd love to have you. Just go ahead and give us a call. Most folks do not have any idea how bad parts are today. All right. And I, I can understand. You if know, you work in a shop, right. then you got some clue. But the level of parts out there, at one time, if you bought an OEM part, it was always good. Right. No question. If you bought a junk part, it was usually good. Then it got to where the junk stuff wasn't hardly ever good, and the OEM part was mostly good. Right. But it's gotten now to where you're having failures even on the best of the lines and on the cheap junk. Man, you are just yeah. you're up against it. Yeah, and somebody's got to cover that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because at most, all they're going to do is hand you another part and say, here, have a nice day. Right. And not only is it a problem, but let's say this pump you put on there comes apart, all that trash goes through the line, busts through the filter, and plugs all the injectors up. Right. Well, you got a whole lot bigger issue. You sure do. And then the dribbling injectors, of course, flood the engine, knock out the O2 sensors and the catalytic converter. So, yeah, yeah, you got a huge, huge, huge issue there, whereas you could have just went ahead and bought a good part and been done with it. Right. Hey, we got to go ahead and get on out of here. We want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week and tell your friends and get some more people listening. That's right. And, hey, the best favor you can do is go on iTunes and just go ahead and rate us, give us a good rating if you think we deserve it. 
And if we don't, I guess go ahead and give us a bad rating. <laughs> <laughs> Proceeding with opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.